1: Yes, we are the brave. We're we'll fight here in name, The name of the brave. We are the U.S. of A. For those unaware, that flag is still there. It's you future to say This land of the brave. The U.S. of A.
0: Good afternoon, everybody. All you Veteran Be Real listeners out there today. I have Samantha Fergus. She is a Navy vet. So there you go. Our first Navy veteran so far on the show. Uh, We've had a Marine and we've had an Air Force, but now we got Navy. So now we've covered four out of the five branches. I'm hoping to get a Coast Guard guy pretty soon. All right. But Sam is going to talk to us real quick. And by the way, she goes by Fergie because her drill instructor back in the day decided that was her name. So Fergie, I'm going to give you the floor. It's up to you, girl. Go ahead.
2: Well, first of all, thank you so much for allowing me to be on this podcast. I'm really excited. Yeah. So a little bit about my background. I'm originally from Virginia, Woodbridge, which is about 20 minutes outside of uh, Washington, D.C., on a good day with no traffic.
0: When does that ever happen?
2: <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> in D.C.? I was
0: stationed in D.C. No <laughs> time. <laughs> that don't happen
2: for <laughs> Yeah, that doesn't happen. But I grew up there, graduated high school, played soccer. My goals and dreams were to be the next Mia Ham. I was huge into soccer, but unfortunately, that didn't work out, and I graduated and I was like, well, what do I do now with my life? My, my sister had went to college, kind of did the whole sports softball thing and, and did her thing. And my dad was just like, ah, oh, you know, I don't want to really pay for another parent plus loan. So I was like, okay, I can understand that. <laughs> and at the time, you know, I didn't put two and two together, didn't fill out a FAFSA. And so I was like, what can I do? I was an ROTC, Air Force ROTC in, in high school. And so I was hell bent and determined on joining the air force until they were like, yeah, you know, you'd be in a plane a lot and I hate heights. And so, um, that just yeah, didn't change, jive with me. Scenery
0: change, scenery change, <laughs> right.
2: That just did not jive with me. And so, you know, recruiters come into high schools all the time and this guy, man, I still remember it to this day. This guy walked in he was suave. He was, cool, calm and collected. He was in his Cracker Jack uniform and I was like, man, that dude has a whole bunch of swag and an awesome personality. I hope everybody like I hope everybody's like that in the military, or at least in the Navy. And so he was telling me about this and like, you know, Navy diver and you'd be the first woman and just all the things that, you know, recruiters do to catch you and try to get you in service. And it won. He, he won me over. And so for the longest time, I was daydreaming about be, becoming a Navy diver and took my ASVAP and really just didn't want to wait for the, the delayed entry program because I really wanted to get out of Virginia just because there was a whole life out there that I was so excited to see. And so he was like, well, the first thing I can give you is a culinary specialist. And I was like, cool. <laughs> how, how fun Would cooking be like I enjoy cooking. My dad's a big cook. My family likes to cook. My grandma owned a restaurant that my dad worked at when he was younger. And so joined the Navy. I left after my 18th birthday, September 28th, 2008. And I was so excited. You know, you get to boot camp and you're like, shit, what did I get myself into? But, you know, I was so excited, so thrilled. And I graduated boot camp and I went to a school for culinary, school, <laughs> culinary school, which was back in the day was in Great Lakes. And so I was in Chicago, and I was like so excited. Graduated. I first started really diving into the creativity that's is and isn't in the military within culinary arts. uh, They allowed us to definitely show our skills off, how to cook large batch food for six thousand people. And then my orders came down, and I was so excited, so excited that I sprained my ankle. So excited in my barracks, I was like, I'm going to San Diego! I'm going to San Diego! bye Virginia and then sprained my ankle and that morning my my don't know what they call them that take care of the barracks my barracks liaison she came and she was like hey your orders got changed you're going to Virginia Beach and I was like cool (laughs) great yeah
0: thanks mom
2: I joined to see the world and now I'm I'm hey I'm coming back home (laughs) and so I didn't read the rest of my orders I was just like whatever, and. And so, my friend or my bunk mate, if you want to call them, and also still a really good friend of mine, she was like, Nah, you're going straight on deployment, girl. And I was like, What, what are you talking about? And they were like, You're attached to the Eisenhower, which is CVN 69, which is outside of Norfolk, Virginia. And I was like, uh, Okay. <laughs> so, I got there and got on the ship. You know, obviously, was really fascinated to buy it because it was the biggest ship that I've ever been on and is am e- ever going to be on. Unless, you know, Elon Musk comes out with, you know, the hovering. Ship.
0: Yeah, that whatever. Yeah, right, right. That guy <laughs> might too, you never know.
2: <laughs> right, right. And so I joined and quickly realized that cooking for 6,000 people was not my thing. And I was really I was really unhappy. I was really kind of just like, this is it. I mean, supply is the biggest in any branch, right? It crosses a whole bunch of sectors. So I asked my chief at the time if I could like go to different things, try different things out within supply, go to aviation, ordinance, supply, all that stuff. And he did. And I was just like, I can't, I don't know what it is chief, but like, I'm just not, I can do the work, but I'm just, I want to be more fulfilled. And so he was like, All right, Fergus. I'm gonna stick you in the bake shop, and you can become a pastry chef. And I was like, okay, cool. So I got into the to the bake shop, and uh, I was under supervision of a second class petty officer who, at the time, really had a lot of spotlights on her. She was a fantastic pastry chef. Fantastic. She worked down down in the galley for the crew, but also anytime the admiral left or the captain's crew cooks left when we got in different ports, she would go out and fly and do that. And I was like, I want to do that. I'm not trying to take your job, but like, I want to get there. And so I was like, you know, teach me your ways because this seems really cool. And she was like, you can learn yourself. And I was like, okay, 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 <laughs> all right. So in that exchange, she taught me a lot about what it was to be a pastry chef and what it was to be in culinary arts and kind of how you have to have a backbone she ended up teaching me a lot of things, and as my time on the Eisenhower came to an end, and I was up for orders, I I got transferred to Seattle uh, Naval Base Kitsap, which is a submarine base, and there are a whole bunch of people different different side of the Navy that whole I had ever seen. Navy,
0: yeah. Whole different
2: breed. Whole different breed. Yeah. Whole different. I I I personally enjoy weird people, <laughs> yeah. but some of them tip beyond the weird scale that i Submar- i submariners are yeah. some
0: of the strangest human beings on the planet
2: right i don't understand wicked smart but i don't understand and so their naval baits kids really took me under their wing allowed me to go to a bunch of really uh la cordon blue cooking classes and really just kind of dive deeper into bake shop like Galley life, and it was shore duty, so I enjoyed that. And so I did a lot of big, big receptions. And so I got out due to military sexual trauma And that happened in on the Eisenhower, and I got expedited. I asked to be expedited to uh, Naval Base Kitsap just because I kept seeing my accuser, and while I was going through the Article 32s and that whole process, and it was just a really big drain emotionally, mentally, physically. And so unfortunately, that's the, that's a a big downfall, right? But, and so when I got out, I was, I was just at that point, I was like, I can't, I cannot do this anymore because I'm more worried about my mental health than my physical health. And so at that time I had made E5 under the, I believe it's six year limit. I had made E5 and I had requested a board because I had failed my third PFA and I was like, please, like, I just. I want to stay. And this is my mind because I didn't know what else to do. I didn't know what else I was going to do with my life. I was like, I'll go to therapy and I will, I will just become the best sailor possible, like trying to just divert from dealing with it. And so I got the board requested, which I still am really good friends with the chief that helped me along that process in the, in the legal team that helped me along with that process in Naval Base Kitsap. And I basically told them like, Hey, they were like, okay, we'll give you six months, you have to pass these PFAs, we don't really need you to retake your exam, because you already passed, we'll then put your rank on so on and so forth. And at that time, again, I was going through a lot of things personally, and kind of just covering it up and and just really mentally exhausted. And so my last PFA, I failed the body fat measurements. And they were just like, I don't know what to tell you, you can't fight this. I was just like, you know, I don't really want to fight anymore. And at the time, I was with my my soon-to-be wife at the time she was just like, you know, we'll figure this out together, all of this stuff. And so I got out and I was in Washington and I love Washington. I love Seattle. It has a big thing to do with a lot of my creativity. And I was like, what do I do? And so we had, she's from, she was originally from Oregon. And so she was like, well, let's go down. My family's closer. I was like, I have no desire to go back home, but I need to tell my family that I'm getting out. And so I got out. I didn't I didn't really tell my family why I, why I got out mm-hmm. just because that's just uh, yeah, that's, a that's barrier.
0: A, yeah, that's that's p- at your own pace and distance when you're ready for that stuff. So that, that's
2: Right, like a, right.
0: I mean, I'm 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 mortified that that happened to you and that was one of my big things in the military. And to back up a little bit, I was born at Great Lakes Naval Hospital just FYI. So <laughs> there, my dad was stationed there too when he was in the Navy, but yeah, I I yeah. actually I was a sharps uh, NCO in the army and I used to deal when when soldiers would get Sexual assaults or sexual traumas or whatever. I was one of the first people they had to come to, to kind of break down what happened to them and then I would submit it up through the chain. and And I was sickened at how frequently that happens in the military. It's 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 really yeah. bad, and and I I feel horrible that that happened to you. That was an experience that you had to go through in the military. That's just traumatic to me that it happened to you, but. I, I understand that, You know, you can't change what happened. You can only go back and decide. You know, you're going to live through it and get through it. So I'm I'm proud of you that you've made the decision you've made and you're at where you're at now. That's the important thing is that you've taken the steps to make your life better. So I'm proud of you for that. And I'm and I'm just I'm more mortified that that happened to you because it, it was not a fun time in the military for me doing that job. But I understood, I understood the importance of it because I was supposed to be the fair and unjust un unjudgeable person that just give me the facts from you, give me the facts from you. And I'll be honest with you, ninety-nine percent of the time, the the person that got assaulted, I was—that's what I went for, and I went to get that other person kicked out of the military and destroyed because I felt right. that they were abusing their power or position or authority. Cause that's you, and I noticed that too. Majority of it was somebody senior to that person, and and immediately as a leader, I was like, "This can't happen in our military. This can't happen that mm-hmm. a senior leader is taking advantage of a junior leader or a junior soldier." So. I applaud you for your strength to, to battle through it as long as you did. But I'm hoping right. that you know, you, you're still recovering and you, or you're still taking care of yourself that way. Cause that's just, it's a more, mortif- it sickens me that military people would do that to each other. Cause I had same sex assaults, I've had women, men on women, women. On- I've actually had women on men, women that were forcing themselves on. Um, you know, so I've had, I've seen it all. So I wasn't right. surprised when I see anything like that, that happens, but for you and for all the ladies out there and all the people out there have gone through this, it's just something right. that is, it, 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 it sickens me about the military because we as a military family, you're a sister to me. You're not an object of anything right. other than being my sister. And that's because like me going through the military, I never had any issues. With and I, if I caught any of my soldiers being inappropriate language or ver- behavior, I basically gave them to the come to Jesus meeting, you know, like, hey. <laughs> That's it. This is the last time I ever right. see any of that behavior. Because if it leads to anything else, I am going to separate you, and I am going to throw you in jail. I am going to try to get you in jail first. Then I am going to separate you. But mm-hmm. because that behavior is just not becoming of a soldier, or a sailor, or a marine, or anybody else. So I am mortified that that happened to you. But I am glad to see that you've you've gotten to a point where your life is functionally better. So that's good. So I am, and I am sure there is still stuff, but um, right. You just should know that I'm, if you ever need anything, you can always reach out to me later, too, if you ever need to talk. Because I'm just one of those kind of people that I don't judge anybody. I don't, wouldn't judge you for why? Because I, I had a lot of female soldiers that were afraid to come to me. Well, Sergeant V, I was kind of, I might. No. So no. no Because that person was right. out, outranked you. That They crossed the line that they knew better to cross. It's one thing if right. you've a relationship and you've got them and something was personal, like you personalize a relationship. But if still, that's why the military has those things in place that you can't date subordinates and you can't, you know what I'm saying? They they do that on purpose to protect right. the integrity of what our military branches do. So, but God bless you for, for and, and you know, you did what you do, but I, I agree too. You you go at your own pace and distance telling people what happened to you. And, and that's another thing I want to applaud you to be able to say that on a podcast, you'll say that out loud and, and hopefully that helps you too, to be able to just, and plus I, I can't even imagine all the young ladies out there, or soldiers, or sailors, or whoever that might have gone through this now feel more confident because there's someone like you they're listening to that's going to give them that push forward that they can. Yeah, they don't have to be in the military anymore. They can get out and they can be successful. They can do what they need to do, or they can fight if they want to keep fighting and stay in and, and make people be held accountable, and that's great too. Right. But you should have that choice. That's a big thing for me. You should have had that choice when it happened to you. Should look. I either want to stay in or get out because. Right. Trauma is not going to go every time I put this uniform on. I'm going to think about it every time I go to work, I'm going to think, especially, <laughs> right. at, on ship, and especially on a ship because you can't, it's like you, you can't yeah. go so far. You know? <laughs> you gotta make right. So,
1: right,
0: but God bless you. For like, I, didn't, I didn't mean to digress too far. I just that, that
1: really, a it really hits
0: me personally because I used to deal with it in the military myself. And then, and I used to get sickened by it. I used to have long, hard nights at home after I'd go through and I'd be going through my notes and talking to colonel, you know, 06s and 05s and, and captains. and Right. Uh, in the Army, they're colonels in the Navy, they're captains. But the point is, I'm talking to all these senior leaders about what should be done and giving my recommendation. And then I am actually filing reports to the Department of the Army after I'm done. So, you know, it it, it was a very uh, important position, but it was a very, un- it wasn't a good job to have as far as now all that stuff's in my head, all the things that happened to those soldiers throughout my career. Right. Was so, but, but God bless you. I'm just telling you, so I'm proud of you because you sh- you show a lot of intestinal fortitude to be able to come forward and be upfront because you're not only helping yourself by letting it out, you're also helping other people that might've had that trauma that now can maybe build a little confidence that they can get through it. So thank you for that.
2: Right. Right. And it's kind of like, you don't see the forest through the trees when you're going through it. Right. Yep. And in and, and some people, they tell you, you know, like this too shall pass. And, and for the longest time <laughs> I was like, what is, what is passing? Yeah. What is
0: that? Can I get a, is there a time <laughs> <little bit? laughs> it's, like, it's like, same thing with me, like with PTSD from combat. They all, I'm like, this shit's never going to go away. Don't try to bullshit, right. but you can fix this. You can't fix it. It's a condition to right. me now. Like sh- you have a condition now. It happened to you. Right. You can, you can control it. You can manage it, but it doesn't go away. For the rest right. of your life, you might see some dude 10 years from now, it looks like that guy. And it just brings Ooh. it all rushing back. Right. So Right. Like, hey, I see or smell or hear something, something it all but I know how to deal with it better now because over the years I've learned to cope. I've learned to cope with it, and understand it. So hopefully that'll happen for you too with your therapy and your and your wife and their family and people around you can help you get through those things because it's not gonna right. go away ever. Because it happened right. to you. It's a significant right. emotional event, is like I like to call it. A significant emotional event right. doesn't go away, it sticks with you forever. It's just how you deal with it when you get reminded about it. And then that, that's hopefully right. the strength of that you'll learn is that it's there for you. But God bless you because you're, you're an amazing human being to, to go through stupidity and be able to come out <laughs> on top of it. Because it's just stupidity. So, right. I, sorry, I digressed again. But yeah, I get, I get, <laughs> no, you're I
2: get, good. I get really you're emotional
0: good. about that shit. I don't like people taking advantage of people. So, yeah.
2: <laughs> I don't either. I don't either. Not and cute. I think, you know, yeah. poor nah. beings, we all don't like that.
0: Yeah. It all, but you know what I say? Karma's a bitch. Karma's a bitch.
2: Karma is a bitch. Because I know a lot sure. of those
0: guys that I did that I tried to put in and get stuff happen to them and it didn't happen the way I thought it should have, but later on they did something else and then all of a sudden kaboom, their whole career was yeah, ended and lost and they were they were kicked out of the military. So it all yeah. comes back around right eventually. So Yeah. But,
2: and so I think just, you know, caveat off of that, kind of to continue down that that progression is, you know, I like again, like I got out and just was yeah. like what do I do? I don't have anything lined up. I could go on a tangent about TAPS classes within the military and how they. Um,
0: both could do that, girl. Yeah.
2: Don't do that. That's don't a do box. a lot of things. That's just That's a whole. A whole yeah. That's
0: a whole box of stupid so, right there. There's a whole box. So,
2: of so, you know, I mean, yeah. so I moved to I moved to Oregon and I moved to Oregon and 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 got married.
0: Congratulations.
2: And started going to Oregon State University for business administration because at the time, right, you kind of also, while you're, and, and I wish this so much for those members that are getting out is like, my biggest question for me, and I wish someone would have asked me is like, who are you outside of uniform, right? Who is Samantha Fergus outside of uniform? And if you were to ask me back in 2015, when I got out, I would have been like, shit, I, I I don't I'm know. Petty, I'm it? petty
0: I'm Petty Officer Ferguson. <laughs> right, right. That's the thing too. The military breaks you all the way down and then builds you back up the way they want you. So that's the only right. thing to remember that that's the only thing that molds you into who you are. So it's like you yes yeah, right. exactly it. Who am I right as a civilian? Who am I as just Samantha and not Petty Officer Ferguson or Petty Off Wait,
2: right?
0: i out. What what am I gonna do? So yeah, I understand right. completely. Yeah.
2: And and so you know, for me, and I don't say this is a bad thing, but I followed the herd of of people that were getting out using their GI bill. And, you know, I had a really, I have a really rough time learning, but I don't use that as a crutch, but I do, it's, it's, I, I take longer learning. And so college was hard for me. College was really hard for me. Business management with kind of a focus in HR Right. kind of where I went because at the time I didn't know and I was too afraid to dive into kind of the creative space that I continue to live in within with inside who I know I am to my core is that I'm more creative than mm-hmm. logical and so I went through I you know I also I got a divorce at the time right because I was still going through it right. and I think while I was going through my divorce the the darkest time within my transition was probably we had gotten a divorce and my ex-wife was like, well, I'm going to go join the Navy and go do these things. And just no communication or, or just cut off completely. And so I was down in in Oregon paying for two places that, that we had lived at, but also another place that I was trying to get into because I didn't want to live there anymore. She comes and picks up all her stuff. And like, I was left there alone and just sobbing and crying and And this is going to get a little explicit, but I was like, I had moved into this old place and they were with Marines. It was with Marines who he had served. He had canine that he took from service. He's really awesome. His name's Eric. And I had just had it that day. I had moved. I had, you know, said goodbye to her. I had said, you know, I'm sorry for what I did to you. I apologize for kind of not knowing who I am, all the lies that I told, kind of just all of it, right? Lying to myself, um, and 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 so I called a therapist that day, and I was like, I would really like if I could just start this journey all over again because I had stopped therapy because it got too hard. And so she was like, We're gonna put you in CBD therapy, and I was like, Cool, great, awesome, let's do it, let's get it done, let's 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 work towards that. And so I was going to school, my divorce was, was finalized, and just one night I had hit that block, and I was just like, I can't do this anymore. I just I can't can't. I need to find a way out. I need to go either purchase a gun or do something. I can't purchase a gun because I don't have a license and I necessarily don't like guns, right? And so Eric, I knew Eric had a gun because he explained to me. So I went into his, his room and I looked and I know where Marines keep their guns. So I looked in their stock drawer. And there it was, that nine millimeter man. And I sat there. I was I was moving my stuff from our apartment to the other place that I lived in. And it started raining, and it was really dark. And and man, I just I took that gun. I went to the forest. It was raining. I just sat there in the dark with you know with that that gun to my head, and I was just like, stop, stop, wait a second. And the same thing I was saying to you is like, you can't see the forest through the trees, right? And so that was the darkest moment. And after that, and after that, I would say I don't want to say close brush with death, but. After that realization and after just depleting myself to the smallest morsels of who I am as a person, I was like, no, I was put on this earth for, for a purpose. And I know I was. And so I'm going to, I'm going to get up and I'm going to move forward and we're going to keep moving. Was it hard? Yes. So that happened. And then every day things progressively just got better and better and better. And school ended. And I was like, okay, cool. I have this whole big world out there. And I necessarily don't need to go back into the military. I don't want to go back into the military. But what is my purpose? And I was getting more creative and like pushing the boundaries on people saying that, you know, creativity is not going to get you paid. I think that's bullshit. (laughs)
0: <laughs> that can get you paid better. That can get you paid better than a lot of jobs if you're really good at I'm it. I'm just yeah. saying. Um, I know a lot of people that get paid a lot of money being tattoo artists and being bringing artists and all kinds of right. stuff. Right.
2: So, yeah. Right. And so I was like, man, what am I gonna do? I made it this far. I'm so proud of myself. I feel accomplished. You know, I I'm excited for the future, and I just want to keep diving deeper into creativity. And I again went back every time. Every time I I think of my creative journey and where I started, it starts at the first time I got my tattoo, and it's like I want to be one of those so freaking bad. And so I went down to Eugene, is about forty five minutes away from where I went to college. It's where U of O is. I'm not a Ducks fan, <laughs> oh, <yeah>. um, <laughs> but
1: me
0: either. So we're good. <laughs> no problem. <practice>. Um,
2: <laughs> but I. I went down and there was this, it's called Eugene Tattoo Company and Cam and his wife Tiffany are fascinating, fascinating people. And really, really about the art of tattooing and like the old traditional Sailor Jerry, traditional tattoo gun, coil, all of that stuff. And I was, I brought them. Yeah. I brought them my portfolio the first time. And I was like, I really want to be a tattoo artist. And this is my portfolio. And he was like, you know, this is a first portfolio I've seen someone bring me of of decorated cakes I don't know how to I don't know how to scale this and I don't know how to kind of measure the artistic ability and I was like (laughs) let me tell you modeling chocolate takes a long time to carve and so like I went into that and he was just like this is not a good enough portfolio please come back and so I was like okay cool so I went and started diving deeper and learning how to first I started tracing a lot of things just to get my line with better and just going through those motions, taking a lot of free art classes. And I started tattooing. And, and at the time, I also had a job in HR. So I, I would go and, you know, do art for a long time. And then I went back down to Eugene Tattoo Company. And it was around the fourth time where he was like, okay, please just stop coming back. <laughs> we'll give you a slot. And, but how are you going to pay for it? So the whole program within itself was $14,000. And I was like, I'm going to get the GI Bill to pay for this because I have enough left. <laughs> and so I did. I got them to pay for it. I got them to tie it into. So right. I was, go- I went to, I went to a community college and started doing art classes and tied it into tattooing. And so they paid for it. Uh, they paid for my supplies. And I basically started there. And then once I fin- to finish my, uh, finished my apprenticeship, I was like, okay, what am I going to do now? What's the next step? What is, where am I going to go? I don't necessarily want to start my business in Oregon. I love it. Um, and I don't want to start my business in Seattle. I love both of those places very much for the scenic side of it but the rain kills me seasonal depression is real
0: (laughs) san San diego
2: and 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 so i did think about
0: a lot of navy and marines there
2: true i did think about california for a long time um, and i have a love-hate relationship with california so (laughs)
1: um, right
2: right (laughs) and so i I was like where do i want to go and so i just I had applied while I was in my internship. I was like, I'm just going to apply to get my master's in uh, organizational psychology. And the one program that stuck out to me was the one program in DePaul that I don't know if they still have anymore, but I signed up for it in Chicago. It was um, IO psychology through creative human interaction. And the description and how I read it was, we're going to be doing a bunch of human interaction Drawing, you know, uh, prototyping things. You're making things. You're being creative, um, and you're we're just finding different creative ways to deal with people in the workspace. And I was like, okay, okay. And so I went and I went for a campus, a campus like tour that was in Lincoln Square, and beautiful campus. And they really sold the shit out of me. And so <laughs> I was like, I'm I'm sold at the time. I was sold, and so I moved to Chicago. And slowly started to see and really, really get into my, my mind was just very much radically shifting at that time and started dating somebody who I'm currently still dating at the time. And, and she had mentioned to me when she met me and like, we kind of started hanging out more. She was like, I, uh, I don't understand why psychology, you just don't seem like a very logical person to me. Oh, you're a great listener. But every time I see you and the joy that you get from creating and being around people that feeds your energy and you like to create experiences for people. And so I was like, you know what? I'm going to listen to that tick that's in my ear. I'm going to listen to that. And, you know, it's funny to me because science is very, I would say, linear because it's all about data, right? Science, data. And there's kind of like a progression of where you can go when it's backed by science. As a creative, the world is your oyster, and it's so ambiguous that one day you could wake up and realize that I've been tattooing for five years and now I want to be an architect, you know? And so all of the, I, I say that the fundamentals of art go across all platforms, but who you want to be as an artist and as a creative really depends on how you want to enter this world. And so I really dove deep into that. And I am a person that can be persuaded by money. Um, and I like to have a certain lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also like to achieve higher as a creative person. And so we were in Chicago and I was like, man, I really want to start this career in, in entrepreneurship, but I know I need to get a job that will allow me to, start this but also continue to be in the creative space and my partner was like I'm not gonna tell you where to look I'm not gonna tell you how to look but I would beg you to look into UX UI design and I was like 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 tech (laughs) like like web design I don't know how to code I don't want to code and she was like just look into it and so that just started that journey and so where I'm at professionally today is I am a UX UI designer right now freelancing doing a lot of wireframing, prototyping, brand identity for a bunch of veteran websites, because I find that veterans who are in the entrepreneurial space want to find the cheapest, most efficient way to, to get their products out there, uh, digital products out there, but necessarily are they're like we're missing a big opportunity because we're only branding to veterans. We're not coming across any other demographic, and so I come in and I'm just like, if you're hitting, if you're hitting the spouses, if you're hitting the veterans, you know, make it a space where you're welcoming other people. And so, and so that's what I do professionally. And now that I'm in, in, insecure and in, in, in this profession, and, and I keep moving forward, now it's time to really start what I feel like I have been put on this earth to do, which is to create experiences for people. And then that's within Sweden. And so it's going to be a bake shop and a tattoo parlor in one. And I don't know how. <laughs> I don't know how it's going to happen, but I know it's going to happen.
1: Yeah,
0: you'll figure it out. It's all about yeah. It's all about steps and planning. You'll figure it out.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So and, and, and so what that kind of looks like is, you know, I definitely there is no other high that I get from other than from being creative. If I can create something for somebody, whether it be a UX UI design or whether it be a tattoo or whether I haven't baked in a couple of years or whether it be decorating a cake for an event. I want an opportunity for there to be a space, not just not just for veterans, but for other creative people and especially LGBTQ veterans that are getting out of the service Mm -hmm. and minorities that are getting out of the service that necessarily are like, I don't want to go into a sales position at Accenture. I don't want to do this IT sales pitch for, you know, so on and so forth. I know I'm good at it. I know inherently we're all good at it, but I want to lead a different I don't want to say movement. I want to lead a different kind of come in a space where you can be creative and productive and make a profit instead of being creative and productive, not making a profit. If you have the willingness to sit and be a part of my team and Be with me in the creative process by all means. But if you're just looking to do this as a side hobby, that's, that's, it's not what I'm looking for. And and Sweet Ink is, is, and will be a place where you can come and enjoy the experience of coming to get a tattoo. and I'll go more into that experience. Come get a tattoo or come pick up a pastry. And and so what that kind of looks like is if you were to come in and be like, hey, come see the receptionist. It's a main sitting area where everybody sits, right? You come in and, and both one side is closed off and the other side is closed off because blood and food just don't mix, right? Because we'll have another COVID outbreak. Yeah.
1: <laughs> too soon (laughs) 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 Um,
2: anyways so come in and you're like hey i'm here to see vergie excuse me fergie to go over my um tattoo design there's some things that i want to change about it some things that i mold over she sent me a thing we'll sit and talk about it and you know everything's digital now so i can erase a rose or add a rose as a at a click of a hat right and so You know, you'll do that and be like, okay, when do you want to set up this appointment? And you'll be like, you know, let's do it next week at such and such time. But my grandma's like 80th birthday is coming up and she is turning 89. And I don't want to get Safeway. I don't want to get Kroger cupcakes. I would like to have the experience of you guys have a certain taste here for a different type of cupcake. Is there any way that I can put an order in for my grandma's 80th birthday? And so that is kind of the experience of of where I want people to go. And then, you know, as that business grows and we get revenue and I would eventually like tattoo two artists to be salary employees if they want to be. I know a lot of a lot of designers and a lot of artists like to be freelance, but I know at the end of the day, or contractors, I know at the end of the day, uh healthcare is a big thing for a lot of people. And so if you want to be a salary tattoo artist, I would like to incorporate that some way. And then the good thing that I like about, and I don't want to steal this, but Dog Tag Bakery in DC is doing a great thing with veterans, is that they're taking them and giving them real world experiences and how to not only make pastries but to run a business. And so that that model is, is very lucrative to me because one it's profitable two it's helping veterans and others because I'm pretty sure they have you know spouses and, and other people I know they do incarcerated veterans all of that stuff so for me that is a model that's very lucrative for moving forward in my business
0: it all sounds like you got your you got your uh, you got your battle plan ready and you're ready to go so hopefully that staging time will come along and you'll be able to start putting this stuff in place slowly and in- integrate that. But that connects yeah. to this, Sam. So here's what we're going to do now. So I'm going to give you about five minutes and you can talk specifically what our veteran, community, veteran communities, <laughs> what our veteran community can do for you. So there's that way we can get you a shout out, whether it's come to your website, come to your Facebook page. What can we do as veterans to support you as a veteran to help you grow, start potentially growing your business? Do you just need visibility? Do you need us to kind of reach out to you? Do you need people to get on board with you? Do you need people to reach out and give you ideas? What do you need? <sighs>
1: Great I open
0: a big door I know but trying to focus on what you need right now from your veteran community out there that can help you become more successful in your your plan of implementing sweet ink
2: you know I feel that there are four, four five core things that I need definitely visibility
1: yep.
2: and and I say visibility in the in a two-part both marketing and branding right because right. even though I have I have that toolkit, I'm branding for other people and it's so hard to brand for yourself. Mm -hmm. So definitely visibility. I would say someone who is really good with numbers, right? So I can sit down and and fill a shopping cart with a bunch of Kitchen Depot things, but there needs to be a a short-term plan as to how we're going to get revenue and then a long-term plan as to how I'm going to get revenue right because we want this Business to keep making money and keep helping people do public speaking.
1: <laughs>
2: okay. I need someone help to help me with public speaking, right? Because I feel that you know, as as this grows and as this progresses, I'm gonna ask and I'm gonna apply to public speak. And I have done a bunch of public speaking before, but I know that I catch myself with the arms and the butts and the uh and yeah, uh, That's, my,
0: that's uh, when I got an editor for the podcast because he catches all arms. <laughs> So,
2: yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. I so got that's you. probably
0: going like, to be out. Yeah, I got you. <laughs> right. We'll get all those out. So we're good. So, but, yeah, I mean, I'm the same way, and I have a tendency, I have a real bad tendency of repeating myself or going over the same thing over and over because my head gets trapped in that loop. And then I go there because. Uh, it's there. But yeah, but that's a great start anyway, Sam, because I mean, thinking about what you need, visibility, that's something we can definitely help with business plans. I know there's veterans out there that that's what they do for their jobs, and I know people will reach out to you and say, hey, look, I can help you with that, or I can work with you on that, and I can do those things. So uh, we're hoping that that our Veteran Be Real community is going to be one of those type of communities that, hey, there's people listening that are going to hear this and go, okay, I need to because your contact information will be on our link and everything else, so people can reach out to you directly um, and get hold of you. So that's what's important. So I want you to know. I'm gonna, I'm gonna finish with this. You have an amazing plan and set in place. I said I think creativity is one of the things that our veteran community has a problem grasping it and holding on to it. I think they get too scared or too nervous So you they let fear of not having enough income or not having enough respect from their job or whatever, so they stop doing the creative stuff and go back to a nine to five type job working at Walmart or whatever they do, and they might jump in, but. I know I have a lot of fellow veterans that are very creative, and I pushed them. I said, no, just keep going, man. You can do this. It's going to eventually clip, and it's eventually going to blow up for you, so do it that way. So, mm-hmm. Sam, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. I appreciate your time and your effort, and, and I know you're Navy, so I'm going to give you that bump. But, yeah, my dad was Navy, so I understand. because The reason I didn't go to the Navy because I went on a Tiger cruise when I was 10, and I got seasick like a champ, and I'm like, Dad, I love you. And I'm going to support the military, (laughs) but I'm going to keep my feet on the ground. So I'm going to go in the army. So I, same thing, recruiter came to my house and I said, yep, I'm going with you. So I hear you, uh, air force height, you went Navy, Navy made me sick. I went army. So there you go. So we all have directions, (laughs) right? But thank you so much for being with me. We appreciate your time. We appreciate you. And we'll definitely talk to you soon.
2: Thank you so much for having me.
0: You bet. Well, that's a wrap everyone. Hope you all got something out of this podcast today. Please tell a battle buddy about us and stay tuned for our upcoming podcast. Don't forget to visit our website at www.veteransbereal.com. Support us, because we got your back. Till next time, everyone, I'm out of here.